like we always do about this time. Show that caffeine. Doctor tell him I'm sick, need me vaccine. Call him top shotter. Down in Fiji drinking copper. It's nothing to push your bands like Spraga. Rhea, she can tell you. Smooth like I'm smooth real soon. On his heads like V-Dow Sassoon. Don't be a baboon. You freaking monkey. Going apes for this bread. There's bananas on me. Eight shots to Ron C. They gon' see you in a minute. I'm popping like a Xanax. Watch me like a Zenith. Menace, but only with this rap thing. Get it. Live it. Goons get the simmy. Ready to go. So I get the ribbon, thing go brick, brick, brick. That's my money machine. Excuse me, Martin Luther, I am living my dream. Just in a different world, you can call me Kadeem. Oh, I'm about nothing but cream. Oh, can't you tell me rap belong to the team? Oh, West Coast, nothing in between. Oh, but me and her legs will drop dead. Heard what I said. If you ain't rocking with the coast of Watt City, uh, off with his head. Now I'm to the bank laughing. Kanye love it how I'm in my car dashing. On my car dash, she is standing horse. My Ferrari is. Hey, they sleeping on him. I'm Captain Z's Bugatti Lambo, ishing on him. <laughs> Lucas Cash on sticks, don't matter anyway. Every run is. <laughs> hey, AM Caffeine Morning Show. Hey guys, my whistle is. It's been alright these past couple shows, right? Got this WD-40 in my whistle. We're good. You're good. AM Caffeine Morning Show is how we get down each and every Wednesday and Friday right here. AcceleratedRadio.net, UrbanSoulMedia.com, TheIllNetwork.com, but only on Wednesdays. And of course, the one and only, real famous, TheMixShow.com. It's Friday, dawg. It's your boy, D.O.C. Yeah. DJ Ron C on the ones and twos. Ron C. What up? It's good to have you uh, rocking with us for the whole week. I know you just got out of jail. Yeah, man. And the fact that, you know, we have you back. So are you back full time? Like, what's going on? Where we are legally? I told you they dropped the charges, so I'm good. They dropped the charges, yeah. so there's no community service. Nothing. We're good. We're good. There it is. I love that. AM Caffeine Morning Show. Smooth D's with me. Yes, sir. We have no Rhea Bia, and we're still looking for Rhea Bia. And if you're a fan of the AM Cafe Morning Show, you know we've been having some legal issues these, you know, over the past month. Smooth D got arrested. Ron C got arrested. Rhea Bia's not here, and I'm a little concerned because for Halloween, Rhea Bia felt that this was the best time for a female to be able to dress provocatively. For a female to dress like uh, like a streetwalker, basically. So I'm under the impression I think that Rhea got picked up, and we have not yet heard from her this whole week. Oh boy, I'm a little concerned. Ron Solicitation? <laughs> Solicitation, dude, at an all-time high. Well, I checked the records, man, for the female jail in Linwood. What'd you find? Nothing. No real beer. We got to check that LA County though. That Linwood, we got to go to the Twin Towers. Man, that's that's all guys, man. Ain't a woman in there. Oh, I don't know. I've never been there, but it's, I mean, I know you have. <laughs> AM Caffeine Morning Show. So you know how we get down on Fridays, right? We have special guests, or we try to bring you special guests each and every Friday. Today, man, I'll slap the hell out of everybody in this damn studio today, dog. <laughs> the guest that we have today. I'm, I, almost, I almost started to cuss Now All of us At some point in our life You come across somebody You meet someone that Becomes extremely 
influential in your life you know outside of you know your family members outside of maybe your your significant other you come across a person that can literally change the course of your life it could be a teacher like I had uh, a 12th grade teacher that really believed in me creatively and outside of that teacher I think everybody else probably thought I was gonna fail <laughs> but I met this person and from the time and this is no joke I'm not just saying this because this person is in the studio you guys know that I usually kind of will bullshit excuse me but we have this special guest in there so I cussed so what <laughs> a lot of times I'll tell a guest you know you kind of make them feel at home but you're really lying but you kind of make them feel at home right you've done that numerous times every week I lie to all the guests <laughs> but today but today this guest literally changed the course of my life from the time that I met this person it became a domino effect on me meeting other people um, me learning stuff from other people and taking my career to another level but it all started from meeting this legendary dancer choreographer director producer Tony Tony Basil like are you Jamaican because you have all these damn jobs I'm sure you know how to cook you could probably clean the hell out of a house like you have a lot of titles no cleaning no cleaning. you don't do that that's beneath you no it's I don't I don't have that you don't have that talent no it's a talent <laughs> Tony Basil is in the mother effing building today, dog. Do you understand the royalty that we have today, Ron C's? I don't think you guys really do. Smoothie, I don't think you really understand who's sitting next to you. No, I, I understand what it is. You understand what it is? Ron C, you don't I really understand. seem too happy, no. dog. Come on, man. Okay. Come on, man. Don't embarrass me in front of the guests today, dude. Don't, don't, uh, didn't we have a talk about this in our last board meeting? <laughs> yeah, we did. Tony Basil. Words cannot describe what she has done for me as a friend and literally almost every person that I have met after Tony Basil who has helped me in my life it really started with you dog did I just call her dog? you called her dog but really she from the streets though we gonna get into that <laughs> Tony got a lot of black friends she, so she knows what dog is she knows what that is <laughs> Tony, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Yeah, I'm still dancing. You're still dancing. <laughs> still there. I go in that little garage slash studio of mine. Every day I drag myself in. Because uh, I think it'll at least, you know, keep the dementia at bay. <laughs> can you get dementia at 22 years old? Because that's how old you look. Like, <laughs> can you get dementia at 22? Oh, to, uh, you know, today I, I went through some, a blank time period. <laughs> <laughs> Did I feed the cats or didn't I feed the right, cats? Right, right. Ron C, Smooth D, we are going to talk about the journey of Tony Basil. And there's a lot of things that I, that folks don't really understand that she's really the orchestrator of, like, street dance. Like, folks don't really know you might know her from Mickey. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. That's cool. Not trying to discount that because that's so like all kinds of millions. Where's the beef? Right. <laughs> Tony, they, they owe us some checks for where for Mickey. Don't they, don't they owe you some Ooh. checks? Yeah, we're gonna talk about them Ooh. checks there for a while. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about just what she has done for the art form of dance. And to be able to have worked with, and I'm not really trying to date her, but damn, she don't she done worked with Elvis and the Stones. Like, who the hell does that? That's still alive. Like, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're gonna talk about right. all that today with our special guest, the one and only Tony Basil. So Ron C, let's Yo. get into this quick mix. Let's let, let's get it cracking. It's Friday, dog. All right, let's go. Let's go. 
Okay, okay. Hold on, dude. Hold on. Stop. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That, that's Cindy Lauper. Oh, no, but don't even trip, Tony. I got this. I got, don't <laughs> even trip. AM Cafe Morning Show. We know that's Cindy Lauper. We're fans of Cindy Lauper. We, we are all but fans here's of what, here's Cindy Lauper. Just because Tony Basil's here and she rocked in the 80s, dog, I said Tony Basil, not Tony Danza. <laughs> Give me something funky, dude. AM Cafe Morning Show, Ron C. Don't embarrass me. Okay, that's what the hell I'm talking about. Air Captain Marshall's in the building. Ron C's on the mix. Ron C, let that mother effer go. Let's get it. Just what do you have to say? As I sit here thinking about you, sir. 
Caffeine Morning Show. That was Ron C. In your meal. Quick quickie mix brought to you by ConfectionsCupcakes.com. ConfectionsCupcakes.com. Make the flyest cupcakes in the land. Smooth D, what's that uh, e, uh, web address there, bro? It's C-O-N-F-E-X-I-O-N Cupcakes. That's C-O-N-F-E-X-I-O-N Cupcakes.com. One of our official sponsors. They sponsor all our quickie mixes. Friday today. Special guest in the building, the one and only legendary Tony Basil in the building. So, Tone, so much I want to talk about, so much I want to cover. But you know about everything. Well, yeah, but not all the public knows. <laughs> I do kind of know everything, don't Yeah. I? Well, Dan, the interview's over then. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tone, real quick. Well, not real quick, but... How do we? How do you get involved in this whole show business thing? It's, it's your parents were. I, I don't know how people get into show business if their parents weren't in it. I it's it's a mystery to me. You know, I've always just stood on the side of the stage. I was always in it. I I don't ever remember not being around it. Uh, my aunts had an acrobatic, a comedic acrobatic wow. act. 
And my father was an orchestra leader. And you can go on on uh, Tony Basil's house onto my YouTube channel and see my aunts the on Ed Sullivan. Wow! Oh, Whoa! Oh, I gotta rise out of everybody. Whoa. That's big. So your your aunts were on Ed Sullivan. Yeah, they, doing, they were on the Ed Sullivan were twice. What were they doing? Their act. I mean, what, what their vaudevillian act. So they were singing. They were dancing. No, they, they were juggling. Singing. What were they doing? I just said they had an acrobatic comedic act. I gotta see that there. What, what was the name of the act? It, well, originally it was Billy Wells in the Four Phase till he passed away, and then it was just just the Four Phase. I gotta see. That. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. So you're born into this industry. Yeah. You see your parents, you see your family. At what point do you kind do you start to take everything that you have seen and then start to kind of do it yourself? Like what is the first thing that you know outside of you know, you see your parents and now you're like, you know what, I can I wanna do this myself. No, no, no. It was just it was assumed. I was, was going to do it. Was it. Just like, it was just assumed. Right. It was never a decision. I was always... This is what you were going to do. Well, I was always there, you know? And uh, um, I think I think the first time I was really in show business, I, my father was the orchestra leader, let's see, at that point at the Low State Theater in... Sh- it was pre-Chicago, it was New York. And my... Okay, my aunt's act, they... Jumped through hoops and did flip-flops and stuff like that. Then my Uncle Billy came out with a face painted on his stomach wow. and a hat over his head. <laughs> uh-huh. And he did this little dance called The Little Man. And he rolled his stomach and he had a pipe stuck in his uh, stomach. What the hell? And, and so he'd, you know, have this little powder thing behind him where the with the smoke would the come smoke out of the pipe out. and then he'd kind of do something with his stomach so it would look like he was whistling and he would whistle well <laughs> they set up they set up a mic on the side of the stage for me at five maybe and I whistled instead of him one night wow that's the first, that's, that was your first that was your first, first gig that was my first gig <laughs> It was my first gig, and after he passed away, my Aunt Christine took over that particular part of the act. My mother's part of the act was, she. now you're going to know why anything I created after that this was is where it like all comes normal. From. Right. Okay, so my mom and uh, my Uncle Pat would do a dance they called the boxing dance. Okay. And they'd both put on boxing gloves. Tap dance at each other and pretend to knock each other out. That was the that was after I can't remember whether it was before or after my Uncle Billy. But this is what I stood on the stage and saw. This is what you saw. It total insanity. <laughs> but that was my family and that was normal. And my father was always the resident orchestra leader at the theater they played at. So I would see my father on the stage also. Right. It was the whole family. The whole family. The whole family. And then uh, there was a big finale where everybody did a lot of flip-flops and acrobats, <laughs> acrobatic stuff. And then my aunt did her thing. The whistling aunt, the aunt that took over. Yeah, the aunt that took over. Right. She, um, she would... Give it to me. <laughs> she would get on a table. It's all on my. It's all on that channel. Okay. She would get on a table. She would lie on a table, hold on to the table, and they would... Each cousin, or uh-huh. it was, would take one leg. Okay. And then run around the table, holding her legs. It in this. It was a bizarre. Big, <laughs> it sounds that way. And then she would finish with putting her leg over her neck and hop around. Oh wait. And so putting would, the lock. She, so she, putting, had to, she had to be popular though, so, doing all that stuff. But, 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 <laughs> so to me, putting like a group together, like the lockers, was absolutely nothing. That was, was normal. That was normal. It was normal. You know, this is like. So that's what I saw. So, so after seeing all that bizarre mm, stuff, yeah. and and mm-hmm. but, but obviously to take some showmanship to do all that. At what? When do you then go out on your own? You, you're like now. Uh, for lack of a better word, you're now a professional 
quote unquote dancer and now no, you're no. so what what happens no 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 okay no 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 well, no no check no, no, me no. then please okay Cha-ching. no no you go to your you're brought to ballet class okay well there it is then let me know you're brought to ballet class yeah we move in Chicago there's like a stage show and a movie stage okay. show movie stage show movie my father did four to seven shows a day wow no day off one month off a year damn one month but I saw all these musical movies also I would stand on the side of the stage see Nat King Cole on the side of the stage see Sammy Davis Jr. on the side of the stage then a movie you know a movie would come down Sinatra also, Judy Garland, all that era. So you were seeing all these from acts the side live. of the stage, wow. from the side of the stage. Privilege. What an education! Privileged what an education! Child. A privileged, privilege. Yes. Um, and so then I would put together. I went to private school. Of course you did. Why would you go to public school? I just I saw Judy Garland and Sammy Davis. But there was no cheerleaders at this private school, so we had to get the cheerleaders together. So hence, it's the first act I ever put together was these cheerleaders in private school. Now, we cheered for no one because we didn't have teams. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys just cheered for the, for the hell spirit. Of the f- I would, of it. No, I would drag the cheerleaders over to another private school. Is this who in had, Chicago? Yeah. Okay. Who had... Who the teams had no cheerleaders and we'd cheer for anybody. <laughs> uh huh. Just, just che- to perform. Just to perform. Cheer for hire. Right. Just cheer for hire. <laughs> cheer for hire. So you know, I was always putting on putting things shows, together. Right. Putting things together. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't remember. There's no beginning point. Right. You know, there really. It we, just. It just was. It just was. And as as I say, I don't know how people get into show business that weren't born in to it because I just kept doing it you know and that my aunt's act being so insane nothing seemed like a reach right, to me. right. he could do anything you thought of yeah and then you know I had a, a, a history when I came here it was the 60s so when you came here meaning where Los Angeles so Hollywood Hollywood so when you leave when you leave Las Chicago, Vegas. when Las, you leave, no, you go to from, Vegas. From 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 Chicago, we were moved by the boys mm-hmm. to Las Vegas. What Be- boys? Hold on, explain. Whoa. The mob. Whoa, whoa. You say, Yo, hey, you say from Chicago to Vegas, the boys put two and two together, carry the seven. Luigi Basilotta, B A Basilotta. Oh, boy. that's the family name. Yeah. Whoa. So we. When stage shows closed down, mm-hmm. and they it was like finished a finished era, there was Las Vegas right. and the clubs, right. and so we were moved to the Flamingo, of course, the House of Buzz. Buzz, Buzz you lived at the Flamingo Hotel. No, no, no. no. My oh. father was the orchestra leader at, at the, the Flamingo. Flamingo, and then he, then then he moved to the Sahara Hotel where he played the orchestra till he died. Because as an orchestra leader, he was not traveling. He had stationary bands. Right. Low State, Chicago Theater, Flamingo, Sahara. So I wasn't a child moving around either. Mm -hmm. I had a pretty stationary, stable stable life, you know? Right. Um, It was extraordinary. It was truly, and I do know that, and as a child, I knew that. Because we used to be able to go past all the fans standing at the stage door. They would part and my mother and I would walk through. And I always knew that was special. That was a right, right. That was a privilege. That was special. That was special. And I knew standing on the side of the stage was special. So you get to Las Vegas. So I get to Las Vegas, uh, head cheerleader at Las Vegas High. My father was, you know, at the Sahara Hotel. And um, then I immediately got in the car and drove. I don't know how. I thought if I drove straight. You would get to California. Uh-huh. By yourself. Uh-huh. Just one day, you're like, I'm going to, I'm no, going no. to Cali? No, I, gra- I graduated, and I had the DeSoto, the DeSoto with the big wings right. on the back of the car, and just drove. Thought I could drive in any lane of the freeway. Had no idea. Did that you have... Left lane was a fast lane. A lot of a lot of trucks were honking at me at that drive-in. <laughs> Did you have a conversation with your parents and said, no, I'm no, going yeah, to... They I'm knew. Going, oh, they yeah, knew. of course. So when you come, when you make the decision to come to California and you get in the DeSoto... 
did you know anybody in LA? Yeah, yeah. A girlfriend of mine told me where her keys were in an apartment, and I could stay there. And I was going to this little dental school, believe it or not. Just you were going to be? For, no, I wasn't going to be. It was something for me to do. Okay. You know, for that year where I would have someplace to stay and figure it out. And um, I don't know, the first, I can't, I think it was the first job, movie job I auditioned for was Bye Bye Birdie. And I got it. And from then on, I was in all those films, those 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 60s films the beach films right and I hooked up with a guy by the name of David Winters and he started to choreograph Viva Las Vegas with Anne Margaret and I was the assistant choreographer so I was always in the mix of everything that was happening because I, I was really I was lucky I was talented I had information big theatrical information right more than other people did, do, had no idea because it just was something I was brought up with right and I had cheerleader information I had ballet information and I loved social dance I loved go-go dancing I was obsessed with it so that was the movie culture we were moving into and there was no one David was in West Side Story the original play and the bro- and the movie okay and he was a brilliant brilliant dancer and as they all were in that clique mm-hmm. that's a clique right. that's a whole nother clique right. of people um and we started to choreograph films, beach films, AIP films. Um, and he would let me, he would always feature me as the lead dancer. Or he wouldn't let me dance. He said, don't dance if, uh, if you're, you're not the lead. If you're not the lead. So actually, on my YouTube channel, with my, I have like a little series of that time period of, of the beach movies that, that you choreographed uh, that, that you were in. Yes, that's right. That's right. And from that, um, don't forget in the 60s I did Easy Rider Five Easy Pieces I mean you talk about Easy Rider and you talk about Five Easy Pieces Such a cult Cult movie On the cutting edge Right Such a cult movie Those go-go films with the cutting edge Those And I was going to A lot of acting classes At the time also A lot of acting classes And um, So I was in the midst of that In the midst of uh, what they called underground filmmaking where I learned to make films because right. all my friends were making films mm-hmm. on that, that side of the hill um, and the next big turning point we choreographed the Tammy show right so that's where I want to get into that's, that's so. a big that's like so the Tammy show at that time would that that would have been considered like the biggest show of that genre where you bought like pop culture at that time. I don't think we, I don't think at any time did we know when we were doing Easy Rider that it was pop culture and the beginning of we, we were just just driven. doing it. The Tammy Show was put, was the first time they had this thing called Electronavision, whatever that was, where where you, I don't know it, it, they shot a pop show and made, made that into a movie. Okay. You know, it was a movie. It was to be a movie. We were at the same time choreographing Shindig, which was the first go-go musical show that was on weekly. So with shit, so with the Tammy show being what it was, did it take any influence from Shindig? Well, at the same time, it was within months. It was all now Jack Nietzsche, who worked with Phil Spector. Wow. He, Jack was the musical person on the Tammy show. Okay. And I'm telling you, it was Jack that cast that show. From Jan and Dean to Marvin Gaye to the Rolling Stones to James Brown, Leslie Gore. Oh my God, we saw Diana Ross in the Supremes for the first time. So in all these artists are on this one. In the one, same room. On this one show. In the same Rome. So are you saying that that show was supposed to be a movie? It was. It is a movie. So it's a. It was shot as a movie, and on that movie, you were the assistant. The assistant choreographer. That's right. So and who was the actual choreographer? David Winters. I David was Winters. Yeah. So you're the assistant choreographer. So now your duty as being the uh, assistant choreographer on a show like that was what? Like if each act. 
had no, we, a dance was a, or you there, had your own dancers there. Yeah, they had their own dancers. We, excuse me, were at the same time choreographing Shindig and the Dor- a Doris Day's film and doing the Tammy show. We were the only two choreographers that were trained like a David Winner's West Side Story, which was the top, top edge of jazz at that time right. and brilliant, brilliant dance right. and new street. Like well, the stuff w- that was happening. The go-go. In, right. The go-go. Right. I mean, I was winning contests on Sunset Boulevard, twist contests. That's, that's what I would do at night. Let me find out how you did the twist there, boy. The twist and all, all that all that stuff. All the I stuff th- that was I, happening. I thought I was doing all the stuff that was happening until really I saw did. James Brown so you seen the that black, day. So you see the black folks really get down, huh? Holy God. So now, seeing James Brown for the... Okay, wait. Let me... Talking about black people. Hold on. <laughs> let me rewrite. Before James Brown. So where are you getting your... your you think you're funky, kind of. Where are you getting that information from? Like, who was teeth? Like, what clubs? What stuff are you doing? Are, are you around some black people yeah, at that yeah, point? Yeah, no, no, there's clubs. There were clubs. There were clubs. There were clubs where, where all the music was being played. But, you know, we... Because on TV, it wasn't until Shindig that you really saw any kind of black funk dancing where you saw it where these acts came on the show mm-hmm. so it within a time period in 1964 that time period everything changed everybody saw each other right 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 everybody saw otherwise because there were circuits you know the black circuit the white circuit right. the, you know um and so i mean you can see in my little 60s series when i'm dancing go go on the beach slash pre pre you pre, seeing all that pre no pre seeing James Brown James Brown right you know you see the jazz influence and the go go influence then you see a, a film that I did called Village of the Giants that Jack Nietzsche was a musical um, orchestrator for who actually got me who wrote me a little song for the film and you can see I totally tried to dance like James Brown <laughs> Trying to like spin, do the splits, then a couple of jazz. You know, once you go black, boy, you know what that is, boy. You go black. It's hard to come back from that. (laughs) Hard to come back from that. How are you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen Perry? AM Caffeine Morning Show with Tony Basil. So, Ron C, let's go into the mix real quick. Break this up. Play a little bit of music. Come right back because we got to talk about this James Brown. Being, I mean, being there to see James Brown face to face. That's got to be. Effing incredible. You got to go to my to, to that Tony Basil's house because I do a little six minute of seeing James Brown and talking about when you get back, when we get come back, talking about the three different styles of dance, all these different avenues of dance that were kind of happening. AM Cafe Morning Show, Ron C. Yo, give me some music, dog. Okay. <laughs> AM Cafe Morning Show, Tony Bowles in the house. It's nothing but information, dude. This is, I love this. I love Fridays. AM Cafe Morning Show, Ron C on one of the twos. Let it go.
AM Cafe Morning Show. Tony Bowles is in the house. We're talking about James Brown. And the Tammy Show. And the Tammy Show. So, Tone, the first time you see James Brown, what the hell is that like? I think it was uh, pretty stunning to everybody in the green room because, you know, we could see what was going on on stage. Now, mind you, we had just seen Diana Ross and the Supremes. Well, it wasn't called Diana Ross and the Supremes at the time. It was just called the the Supremes. Supremes. But you could see on the TV... It was going to be called Diana Ross and the Supremes (laughs) very soon. (laughs) So we were a little stunned by that. We were a little overwhelmed by each other, but each other was all really good. I mean, Leslie Gore was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a great singer she was, you know? So everything was interesting. Jan and Dean were the hosts. They were crazy. Right. You know, everybody was unique in their own thing. But James Brown was something we had never seen. I mean, he did 20 minutes and nobody had ever seen steps like that. The flames, the orchestra. Um, It was Shakespearean theater. It was really because Please, Please, Please is pure Shakespeare. Absolutely. It it absolutely is. I mean, if somebody would have said to me, you know, he's going to fall on his knees, they're going to put a cape over him, he's going to walk out, he's going to leave the stage, and then he's going to come back. Not once, not twice, like six times. Right. You'd go. And each time that he did it, it felt, you just felt the energy just get bigger and bigger each time. It's impossible to come back like that. Right. Only James Brown can do stuff like that. The footwork, forget it. You know, I got to say, it took me years to even see what the footwork of the flames are doing. Because every time you go to that, to see James Brown on YouTube or anything like that, or on the Tammy show, you can only look at James. Right. If you stop looking at James and looking at the flames, you know, Bobby Bird, uh, I forgot, Terry. Insane. Um, insane. 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 And they never took they never took their eyes off of him. No one ever knew when he was going to stop the music, start the music. It was so on edge. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. That footwork that he did. Uh, I mean, it did come out of the mashed potatoes. It, right. it did. It came out of the mashed potatoes. But he took it. You know, he took the mashed potatoes to a place that Michael Jackson eventually took Street Two, his own right. impossible thing. But, you know, at the time, it was it was James. And I remember seeing that step, trying to count it, count it, count it. I left the room, ran up to the second floor where the bathroom was, where there was a full mirror, tried to do the step, tried to remember it, ran back down, looked at the TV. I mean, because he was on forever. Right. So, and I was You just kept going back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get this, this step, which I think I did... Uh, we uh, three weeks ago in my KOD. Oh, you finally got it. <laughs> in my KOD, yes, yes, and that's on the channel too. Um, yeah, and then, then the Stones the realized Stone. they have they to go have next. Follow him, right? Follow him. So Andrew Oldham was smart enough. That was their manager at the time to know there was going to be. Um, uh, an, some kind of electronic failure on stage. Correct, right, because right, I've heard so many different stories. No, there, of, he made a space. He made like a 20-minute space happen. Hey, we got we to gotta calm this crowd down because well, there's no way to, you can come right after that. Forget, right, that you to just forget. Right, forget what we just saw. Something <laughs> we had never seen before in our lives. Right. Or maybe one of the greatest theatrical performances still to this just day. Just absolutely. You know, and oh my God, these four... Strange-looking English guys, right? You know, we're gonna. Well, so David Winters and I thought this is gonna be a bloodbath, right? And we decided to go and sit on the side of the stage with our legs hanging off because the stage was immensely wide. There were cameras. We knew, you know. So we thought we're gonna go. Watch R- Rolling, this one. St- Rolling Stones about to get their ass toe Des- up, destroyed. <laughs> And then you know, I mean, this, you saw the stones when the when James Brown was on towards the end, realizing because we were all in this room together, right? All in this room together, you saw, holy shit! They right. started to realize that you know. So, I tell you something. Mick jumped up in the air with that tambourine and those paraplegic type. There's those pants. Yeah, yeah, and, and the pants was mad tight. Yes. And Brian Jones, who was drop dead gorgeous. I mean, we're ta- and, and bizarre looking. Green eyes, 
blonde hair, red sideburns, and dressed as a fop. Right. <laughs> he decided to turn his back to the audience, something theatrically that I would have never seen at the Chicago Theater, the low stage. I mean, right. nobody, you don't turn your back, back to, to the, the theater. audience. Right, right. And Mick hit the floor, and not one girl in the audience ever remembered that they saw James Brown. Brown. Wow. But you got to realize we were really seeing back to back the two most famous acts of the time. Of now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, who's yeah, more, yeah. you can't, I mean, it's not like they went away. Right. James Brown is still considered the greatest. Right. The Stones. I mean, we were seeing, and this is because Jack Nietzsche booked that show. Wow. Jack knew exactly how to book it. It right. was absolutely amazing. But on my channel, I really do talk about the, it's an interesting thing because you can see, if we talk about dance, you can see the, the, the few people that ruled the movie screen as far as dancers were these were dancers that could do jazz dancing but were young enough to be into go-go. Mm-hmm. They were the people that we choreographed. Then we had Essie and Debbie in Fringe, the two most spectacular go-go girls in the city. That's a different style. Joy and Steve Ciro, who did like kind of what, like white bouncing, the tits would bounce when she'd be <laughs> and, and so you see all these different styles. You see Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. You see them doing Mickey's Monkey. You see James Brown. You see all these different styles of street. Right. These, 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 these different approaches to this new music at the time. It was pretty extraordinary um, to, to break it down in retrospect right. and really see what was happening. That show, th- that show was unbelievable. And, and so many groundbreaking things were happening on that show that night. So from seeing James Brown, how does that influence you when you become entrenched in the L.A. dance street scene and you are now involved with the lockers. Okay, well, Jack, you know, I did Village of the Giants and you'll see it's a big influence of my dancing changed. Wasn't that it was so great. It's just that it changed trying to do James and and, and, right. and, and that, that influence. Um, what I realized... <laughs> Is that there was another neighborhood mm-hmm. I hadn't visited <laughs> that had danced somewhere. Right. Where was this? I was up on the Sunset Strip. You know, I was dancing on the Sunset Strip in dance contests. But I started to realize, oh man, th- there's something else going on here. Now, okay, so in the meantime, I did Easy Rider and Five Easy Pieces. And then we were in Europe promoting those films. Then I came back and there was really no dance in the Sunset Strip. And I called up a girlfriend of mine who was still on Shindig, Chivalry, all those shows were off the air. There was one other dance show that was on the air. And I called her up, I said, you gotta find me the best dancer in the, that's, that's doing that TV show. Cause all the kids, you know, would drift up to the, I said, I, cause I gotta catch up. I gotta try to figure out What's next? What's going on? What's next? And she found me this guy, Lamont Peterson, who told me that there was this guy called Don Campbell who was doing this new dance called the Campbell Lock. This is pre-Soul Train. Right. And we went looking for him. He said, well, he doesn't hang out in the clubs I hang out with because he was gay, Don straight, different clubs. Right. But we searched. We searched uh, for a couple of months, I think. And then one night at Osco's. I remember Osco's. It's the first time I ever seen Rosie Perez with Osco's. Well, Ooh, this is, you know, this is like 69, right. 70. Right. Um, I was two. You were two. Uh, <laughs> and this, the, the, side door blew, the side door blew open. And three guys flew in with striped socks and knickers. Or, you know, like dressed weirdly, as weird as I was dressed in a whole other way. Right. Um, and he said, that's Don Campbell. And he didn't have to tell me because I You're kinda, just good, just, just kind of knew. Just kind of knew. Right. And then Don disappeared. He disappeared out of the, the club. 
because they had you know come in the side door, left out the side door. So he comes in, goes out, and you never see him dance that day, that night. I saw him you dance. Saw him dance so that's that what night. I saw okay, him do. Okay, you saw him that. And, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. So then um, Lamont called me. Now you realize, no cell phones. We're doing pay phones. <laughs> pay phone, you call the house. Right, right. It's not a cell phone yet, okay? So so we was like, you know, TP drums or something, trying to find out what the hell was going on. And he said, uh, Soul Train had just started within a week or two. And he said, because he was on Soul Train too, Lamont. And he said, we all go over to this club called the Citadel on Sunset Strip, up my, my territory, right. um, from where they shoot the show on Thursdays. So... Yeah, you better go there if you want to see him. I packed my bags and right. went down and got there too early. Uh, some little short, heavyset guy asked me to dance. <laughs> Guess who that was? Fred Berry. Fred Berry. What a rerun. Rerun tried to get it in with a white But girl. it wasn't a fast dance. It was a slow dance. Oh, right. Whoa. He got it. Try to get that grind on. You got to start somewhere. Well, <laughs> I can't imagine what my face looked like. So, did, so you said yes? Of course, but I had no idea what I was in for. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> too close. Right. So you get so now. You get I'm sitting there with the guy. I'm sitting that with somebody. Hilarious. I'm sitting with somebody. So I say to him, "Will you watch my purse?" <laughs> <laughs> no. The, right in the hood. In the hood. Well, it wasn't the hood. It was, but, yeah, but I we couldn't had watch my purse. Around. Yeah, ain't nobody watching that purse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched it so for you. So after, I mean, the look on my face while we were dancing must have been absolute, because I was the only white person in the place, plus. And I go, of course, go back to the table. There's no purse. There's no purse. <laughs> but thank God I'd had my keys to the car. In your in your pocket. Yeah. So your wallet, yeah. whatever. Well, that's so gone. it was getting it was getting late, and I didn't see. You got robbed. You got grinded on. It's okay. I was looking for dance. You know, there's a lot of things you just give up. Purse, everything. Find that dance. And as I'm walking out. I see someone dressed in striped socks and six. It's, it's not Don. It's Greg. It's Greg it's Campbell. Greg Campbell Jr. Rest in peace, Greg. Rest in peace. Who still hadn't filled his two front teeth in yet? <laughs> and you know, Greg always talked like this anyway. Hey, Greg. Greg was missing some teeth there, boy, for sure. And, <laughs> so, and he talked like this, and the music was so loud, and he had no teeth, and I just kept saying. Are you going to be here next week? Because I had to get home. I lived in Topanga Canyon. Are you going to be here? I mean, you know, it took me a while to interpret what he was saying to me. This is at the door. And he was with Robot Charles. Okay. He was with Robot Charles, the, the robot before Slim the Robot. Um, and so once I figured out he was going to be there next week, which was very important, you right. know, because you got to know where people are going to be, what club, what night. Uh, as I'm walking out, I see Don Campbell walking towards me. And I, just as a fan, said, oh, my God, I know who you are. And he looked at me like I was... Like, who are you? Like, who are you? Because I was dressed vintage. Because I was already dressing vintage at the time. Because that was the influence in London. Right. Was all this vintage clothing, which, you know, to him looked like I was, you know, shopping in, uh, you know, the the the... The thrift store, right. which I was. Right. <laughs> and uh, I came back the next week. And that was that. Wow. That is insane. Yeah. So you're now. He had, by that time, he had the song The Campbell Lock. He, had, know, the song, the he had the song The Campbell Lock. There was no formation of a group. He would, when he would perform it, he would have different people dance behind him. Got you. Got so you. when I went to see him perform, I saw Demita. I saw a lot of people dancing behind, behind him. They'd him. come out during the instrumental break. Right. I just thought it was the greatest thing I'd seen since James Brown. Right. So I tried to use my influence and... and I couldn't understand why this wasn't the biggest thing happening. Right. Um, 
But eventually I had gone to enough people with enough ideas that when the Roberta Flack special was going to happen, I got a call from uh, the Dick Clark production company who said, do you remember that guy? Because I had shot some footage of Don and I was taking the footage around. Remember that guy? Are there more of him? Wow. And I said, yeah. I said, we're doing, they said, we're doing the Roberta Flack special. We wanted to use the Alvin Ailey dance troupe, but we've got problems with unions. Are these guys in unions? I said, are they in unions? Are you serious? And they said, good, because they can dance on TV one time under the Taft-Hartley law. Right. And he, they said, get some together. And uh, because I had been choreographing, look, I was choreographing you know, films by that time and TV shows, and I had worked for Dick. Right. So um, we got we we got people together. They said they wanted girls. They wanted white people. Black. They wanted. And I thought white people. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. Where am I gonna find Where that? I, how right. am I gonna do that? But guess who I got? Ooh. Denny Terrio. Oh. Because, because he was in right. that dance that contest circuit that we were involved in that were little clubs in Orange County and around here where you got 50 bucks, you came out, you danced, each one of us danced, then they'd hold their hands over our heads, whoever got the most applause. Most applause got the money. And Denny was a part of that circuit. Denny Terrio! Jimmy Walker! So, <laughs> <laughs> that Roberta Flack special is that so now is so, that like is that like the official first time that the lockers without that, even maybe uh, a name a, that they a, all dance together a, yeah and i put out a thing in the um in the reporter and i called it the campbell lock dancers because i just because they were calling it you know choreography by tony basil but i was literally 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 right. trying to get these people a job right because i knew the level of their dance and it was still considered kid stuff, right, you know. It was right. Like it wasn't where it needed to be, and uh, from that show, uh, an agent at ICM wow. saw it and contacted contacted me, and then there were a couple of shows we did, actually without Don because Don was on tour with the Soul Train Gang opening up for James Brown. In New York with, you know, with the Soul Train Gang. Right. So there, we did a couple of shows without him. We shuffled things. And uh, then all of a sudden, we were the biggest things on TV. AM Cafe Morning Show. So here's the deal, man. You know, this show is an hour. I think Smooth D, Ron C, we're gonna have to do like a part two. Yeah. Like this, you gotta come back. To this, this freaking like information, like whew, if you don't have an understanding that really this is the mother of street dance. Thank you. The mother of street dance, <laughs> and I'm being serious. Being able to take street dance and give it credibility, you know, and I help could... these dancers understand their talent and that their talent was worth something monetarily to be able. To say that you did that, dude, that's a you know what? Slap the crap out of you, it, Tony. It, 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 you gotta go back to the craziness of my aunt's act. It goes, it goes back to the aunt with the leg, with the leg yeah, behind and, the neck. And guess what they wore? No, she was popular. Now, now guess what they wore? They wore <laughs> stripes. My aunt's act uh, wore like shocking the, pink and stripes. Like the lockers. Like Don Campbell Don when Campbell. the first time yeah, I saw him. I saw my circle. aunt's act. Right. I went, oh my God, oh my God, this is like, it's, it was a cinch. AM Cafe Morning Show, we got to get out of here, dude, but I promise you we have got to do a part two, because I didn't even touch on Mickey. I didn't touch on <laughs> Tina Turner. I didn't touch on Woo! Bette Midler. Like, there's so much information and so much that this lady has done. We have to come back. Shout out to Bette Midler, man. One of the coolest. Oh, one of the greatest entertainers of all time. There's no doubt one about that. One of the coolest. No yeah. did, did you guys see my prom picture with uh, Bette Midler? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to show it again, dude, just because. Not that many black people being by Bette Midler like that, dog. <laughs> AM Cafe Especially in the, in the prom pose. Oh, exactly. Tony Basil hooked that up. AM Cafe Morning Show's in the building. Tony Basil has got to come back because there's too much damn things to talk about. I could do this all day. AM Cafe Morning Show. You guys enjoy your weekend. Rhea Bear, you Missed out in your mail. In your mail. You guys enjoy your weekend. Ron C.